Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Running in Circles podcast. In today's episode, we have joined two people joining us for the first time. Uh, who two people who have been trying to convince a lot uh, to uh, come for an episode, but they've been quite busy. So we have uh, Piyush joining us. Hello, Pallav. Sorry to be so late, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, uh, Hi, welcome. Pallav. And we also have Jaya. Hi, Pallav. Glad to be here. Yes, and uh, you know how we talked about taking this uh, podcast to a new level. So for the first time, we have uh, uh, you know three panel uh, podcast, and we ha- we have Harsha also joining us. Hi, Paula. Happy to be here. Yes, uh, welcome, uh, three of you. So, uh, so today I want to talk about you know fun topic, a uh, topic that you know a lot of uh, people uh, enjoy. So. Uh, I'm sure you know all of us are you know fans of uh, you know fiction worlds and fandoms in in some or the other way. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, discuss about you know why why do we follow fandoms and uh, you know what fandoms do we follow. So uh, you know starting off this episode, um, I'd like to ask uh, you know why do you think fandoms or fiction worlds are you know so important and how how what impact does it have, Chayan? Um, so oh, yeah according to me fan bases are uh, important uh, because they help the artists to be better or grow better because they get inputs or feedbacks from the fans which also inspires them to you know make better and uh, good quality content for them and also the fandoms help the artists reach more people as you know they find uh, their friends and all who are have similar tastes or interests so that they you know provide how do you say marketing for the hmm. artists or professionals yeah so that way fandom does help all the hmm. artists and professionals yeah that was an interesting view Piyush? my view on fandoms is uh, well we as fans would uh, love to live the lives of these fantasy worlds and uh, our professional athletes like why would we cheer for a team when we are not even part of it or we're not physically there, right? But there's still a feeling of togetherness with them, sharing the same interests among other people and the people involved in the particular activity. So Hmm. that's what we get to live their lives through these fandoms. Hmm. What's your view on it, Harja? Um, Fandoms are really subjective because not everyone gets along with a particular topic, right? Everyone has different perspectives, so it's highly subjective. Uh, but I feel in, in a general sense, fandoms create a sense of community, you know? It brings together fe- people from all over the world and everybody agrees on one particular thing. So I feel uh, in that sense, fandoms are really good for the society. But uh, the most important aspect about fandoms is it helps people pace through life you know uh, for example there are a lot of fandoms which people can relate to on a personal level where it's helped them get through a phase of life mm. it's given them a new perspective about life so yeah. fandoms in that sense create a lot of new perspectives and opportunities for people mm. yeah i feel like you know uh 
you know it's absolutely spot on what you, what you've said so uh, you know fandoms and fiction worlds are there uh, to create a sense of belonging to a community and it becomes like a common interest uh, focal point but uh, you know to add on to that uh, you know while you know we we all do enjoy uh, real uh, people based uh, movies and uh, artists uh, you know fiction world is you know something that's created and you know it's not real uh, it's it's the, this whole phantom and fiction thing is based out of you know imagination and you know what exactly the fantasies that we want to live correct correct so i mean like there is no you know iron man in real life but you know it, it makes us all think that you know hey what if you know there was uh, you know genius billionaire philanthropist existing in our world wouldn't that be great um, so i feel like yeah uh, it's it's born out of imagination and and um, also about other fandoms you know there are music fandoms you know like directionals and kpop to you know the more, the two most popular ones yeah linkin park imagine dragons yeah so you know uh, it, it's you know that is born pure out of uh, you know pure liking towards a particular taste in music and uh, another thing that you said about you know sports club uh, it's like you know you're not winning anything out of you're not gaining anything out of uh, you know watching um, a game but you know it's just you you experience a certain joy if your team is you know winning or uh, or losing so i feel like uh, this whole thing is, is fictional but uh, the the sense of bonding that you feel towards that entity is you know what makes this uh, fandoms and uh, very important in our world so uh, you know moving on to the next part um, you know what what are some of the crazy fandoms that you really like and why do you like it uh, you know we could start off with uh, movies um so in movies there are very big popular fandoms like uh, star wars uh, marvel dc universe the dc universe the wizarding world including harry potter and the latest movies like the fantastic beast movies and it's just ever expanding because of the fandoms if the fandoms did not exist mm. the artists would not be inspired enough or they wouldn't be motivated enough to you know come up with new stuff for people to experience for exactly the more the better the response from the fans the more the content is created and the better the quality of the content correct yeah so let's take star wars for example because star wars is at the moment booming yeah it's you know booming that was started like in the 1900s like really yeah. long back with a new hope and 70, i mean yeah. if you go back and watch the new hope right now it's going to feel like a very old movie mm, yeah but i like feel like quad- you know what started star wars is you know uh, what george lucas did with uh, in the 1970s you know to create a space based movie with you know computer generated imagery which which was not seen before ever in movies i feel like that is true that was revolutionary for that time period correct so considering that that those movies were that old and also like even if you watch a new hope now it still feels like you know it's it's crazy what they've done in in the 50 years back exactly and going through the years like the original trilogy had a particular theme to it and then came the prequel trilogy which was like leaps ahead in cgi mm-hmm. there's a lot of cgi in the 
sequel, a prequel trilogy. And my favorite trilogy is the prequel trilogy because it's the story of the birth of the Darth Vader. Correct. And it's got a more like a good. It's got a good uh, rounded off finish mm. because it's. it's trying to tell a back story of a character that is already established mm. so it's more like revealing the mysteries yeah revealing like why why you know darth vader is darth vader what went into making darth vader exactly and it's uh, a whole story from his childhood till the making of darth vader correct so what made him also also like certain certain themes that i find find very fascinating in towers you know firstly is is the music i feel like you know a new hope literally starts with uh, you know luke skywalker watching two sons and the force theme playing in the background composed by john exactly. williams so uh, you know that that's what you know drove me to star wars and uh, you know that's one thing the second thing is uh, the sense of conflict that the prequel trilogy uh, expressed in uh, in the mind of anakin skywalker like is he bound to be a jedi and but then why is the you know jedi order Uh, not recognize him, and so there's a sense of conflict, and like Anakin doesn't know where his place is in the sides of the Force. So, and I'm I'm sure that you know we all experience that at some uh, stage in our life. Yeah, and uh, lately, like after the bump that was the sequel trilogy, hmm. which uh, most of us don't want to talk about, the work that Dave Filoni. and john favreau have done for um, the mandalorian exactly they are trying to revive the passion towards star wars the mandalorian amazing the follow up to that uh, book of boba fett amazing then he he is also the mastermind behind the animated series the clone wars those those are also amazing because mm-hmm. they do, they don't just show normal like fights and lasers and uh, lightsabers Mm. There's some politics also in yeah. the Star Towers universe. There's a lot to learn from there as well. How to handle situations. So that's all. It's not just like Power Rangers or something. Yeah, it's I mean, Power Rangers. Nice. The whole other fandom. <laughs> they'll they'll yeah. definitely be furious, but it's like now that we watch Power Rangers, we just tend to laugh about it. Mm. So yeah, they have been uh, reviving and. making star wars universe much better the mm. production quality has become better mm. and um, they have become way more diverse because uh, <laughs> they're just taking parts of the story not just in star wars but in all the fandoms mm. they have just been taking parts of the story and uh, they have been changing the source material a little bit and creating their own stories Mm. to make it more diverse and include more uh, communities in the society mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's overall pro- very progressive mm. nowadays yeah so a lot of towers fans here i'm sure uh, so yeah so moving on uh, what what other um, fandoms acha uh, what do you have when you could start about uh, talking about marvel i guess so mm. very popular uh, fan of the yeah marvel cinematic universe uh first when i saw the you know avengers 2012 movie which came out when they all the superheroes teamed up and the storyline of that i felt it was really you know mind blowing and i fell in love with iron man then 
so after i watched so first was avengers which i watched then i started watching all the other movies same with iron man so like like i was you know fully into the marvel cinematic universe i mm. you know so like i binge watched most of the movies even though mm. when I, I, mean, i was in school so <laughs> it was really fun watching all those and you know yeah. like it becomes like a part of you know our life and how you know we keep waiting for the new movies to come up and you know what is going to happen all those cliffhangers in different yeah. movies so it yeah. keeps us you know hooked into that same even i first uh, watched i think uh, the incredible hulk It was my first MCU movie, but I didn't even know that there was an MCU or that was part of it. Mm-hmm. And the next movie I had watched was uh, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. And then randomly one day, like um, I, my friend just gave me a movie called The Avengers. Mm-hmm. I started watching it because I didn't. I I was bored and I didn't have anything to do, so I just started mm-hmm. watching it. And mm-hmm. then after watching The Avengers, I was so mind blown. I went and researched about it. Correct. and i got to know all the movies that came before it and that there was a whole universe correct and correct. how all these superheroes uh, converged into one mm-hmm. movie that was beautifully done yeah so i mean um, you know my story is also you know sort of similar so i'd seen um, you know avengers and avengers age of ultron but then uh, and and i'd seen a few movies in between um, you know like ragnarok for example uh, but you know when when the infinity war trailer came out i'm like wait what there's a black panther here wait what there's guardians of the galaxy here wait spider man also in this movie uh, so i you know those those to just you know see so many characters on on just a trailer together i feel like hey you know i need to um, see all the movies and you know i was all prepped up uh, when avengers infinity war came out and i had seen everything and now the number of movies and shows they are making each year it just you know too hard um to ignore so i feel like it's it's like a story folding each and every year and there's there's no way we can uh i mean there's no way at least i can i can stop not watching it yeah and you know there like uh, how there are the different like like single single movies of each uh, superhero mm-hmm. and it makes it like a wait for them where, like how will, how will they be introduced into this universe and how they meet up and what will be the storyline for all that so that novel was pretty interesting actually correct i agree like i'm a huge marvel fan myself uh, especially i love captain america my love for captain america is so so big that my my keychain for for my bike is is a captain america shield and in that sense captain america has taught me a lot of different things um in the sense you know um the biggest lesson for me is is always look at the greater good that that's one of the takeaways for me from from captain america himself so in that way it's i've applied this in my life and it's brought about a lot of change so obviously mm-hmm. fandom is effective a lot mm-hmm. and yeah also also another um, thing that i really like about uh, marvel is you know each not each movie but they they try to experiment uh, a lot around the theme of the movie like uh you know movies like the winter soldier which i you know i feel is one of the best um mcu movies you know that highlighted the themes of um conflict and politics and judging whether you're doing the right thing 
uh, and who to trust, who not to trust. So that, exactly. that was there's it. not much of a superhero element in the Winter yeah. Soldier. Correct. You it's could a very watched... grounded down to us. Like anybody can do it if you have the righteous mindset. Mm. I mean, obviously, all the head yeah. carrier and all those things were a little. But that, that was Marvel but... stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and there, there was this one line in Winter Soldier which I really uh, like, which is. Uh, the price of freedom has been has always been high. Uh, it was never it has never come at an easy cost. So uh, you know that that line was really good. And um, also like through th- uh, what I mean by uh, different themes is you know Black Panther uh, pushed on the theme of uh, you know inclusive and uh, making like an all black uh, film um, and things like that. So uh, yeah. So uh, what other so yeah, uh, I could um, talk about uh, you know uh, a franchise that we all have heard, uh, which is um, Harry Potter. Uh, I think those Harry Potter films came out when we were young. So uh, exactly, it's like we've grown with the films. Correct. So uh, like between when I actually I was... wouldn't know about it because I've recently started watching it. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I mean, yeah, we're all, this is how we spread the fandom. Yeah, so Correct. I do really like the series. It's really good, you know. Yeah, it's like our friend group itself, Vaishnavi and Harsha made me, you know, start watch the series and all. And I'm in love with the series and, you know, all those uh, twists and, you know, suspenses, which, you know, keeps us hooked on to them. It's like, mm-hmm. I just finished watching Deathly Hallows part one yesterday. So it was around midnight, uh, two or three. I wanted to watch the part two itself, but then you know it was pretty late. You so. you you have to finish it today anyway. Yeah, very you uh, know. So yeah. Uh, to watch so yeah. Uh, about about Harry Potter, I feel like you know we've grown up with Harry Potter. Uh, you know the stuff that J.K. Rowling has written uh, was obviously the baseline for um, the movies, but uh, you know the movies also uh, like those who don't read books, for example, me. You know, were um, amazing so i feel like we've grown up with harry potter you know each and every uh, year has signified uh, the a growth phase sort of in in the three in the three lives of um, harry uh, hermione and uh, ron weasley so you know the first two movies were about uh, you know going um, going to school and um, learning about uh, your responsibilities and rules and stuff and and the themes of um, house culture i feel like harry potter really did, did that part really good uh, with, with their four houses it's like exactly even our schools also had like uh, divisions of different houses yes so we would the also division, be the division process wasn't something that we agreed on but yeah it's okay uh, it was really, you know, it was really cool to see a visiting hat sort you in a house based on your personality and so that, you know, you get lotted into a group with similar personalities. That, that was really... Exactly, and they've expanded on that. Like, you can go and find out which house you are, which house you belong to. Correct. Like, so, online. Yeah. You can find out what your Petronas charm is. Yeah. yeah actually, so that's also I actually went to the website before watching those movies, so... I guess apparently I'm Slytherin. Oh, I'm a I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I'm from Gryffindor. Hasha is Gryffindor. Smart. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember currently, but yeah, I'm. What I mean to say is uh, all these little little details is is why I love um, Harry Potter so much. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, what else about Harry Potter? 
Um, I mean, and apart from the you know storyline and suspense, also the cinematography of the movies, you know the locations they shoot in, the graphics and all. Exactly, yeah. I've seen each Harry Potter movie like all like properly, like when it was released, mm. or at least uh, like I've caught up to it. Once I got interest, I think since the Goblet of Fire, I've been watching it properly. But uh, mm-hmm. before that, I didn't know about it, and I watched all the movies till Goblet of Fire like at once. So yeah. I've kept in touch with Harry Potter a lot, and then I've got delved into the world of uh, Fantastic Beasts as well, and yeah. that led me to research on Harry Potter on different websites and all. Yeah, there, there was like so you get to know the... more about like Albus Dumbledore and his past. Correct, correct. And how he's related to Grindelwald. It's It's a Correct. huge universe because I can't speak for the people who read the books, mm-hmm. but I'm at least on the side of the movie fandom. Correct. So um, I think I, I know it's from the movies, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. So I remember there was this one line mentioned in Deathly Hallows Part One that um, the Elder Wand was taken from a, a wizard named Grindelwald, and exactly, was... and they show a small clip of a small, Correct. like a guy, a young guy, just Correct. running out a window. Correct. So. it's you know it's crazy to imagine that that one line has a whole backstory behind that and you know fantastic beast deal with uh, you know hogwarts hogwarts wizards or you know which is primarily based in uk coming to us and uh, dealing with things there i'm excited uh, for the third part of fantastic beasts mm-hmm. uh, and who hasn't wanted an elder wand yeah all the cloak of invisibility yeah it'll be really Amazing to get them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, which what what's next? We could talk about um, some sports, sport teams. Yeah, we could uh, surely talk about that. Um, so yeah, so coming back to sports teams, I feel like uh, you know, in in sports, you're primarily as a viewer, but uh you know sports is also a form of uh, media in the sense that it's not a scripted story it's something that you're witnessing it on screen and uh like sometimes uh, i'm sure that you know we've all come across some crazy uh, moments in sports like you know india winning at the gaba or uh, you know leicester city winning uh, premier league uh, against all odds so uh, to talk about sports i feel like uh you know i'm i'm a, i'm a massive supporter of rcb uh and i know a lot of people won't agree with me because uh you know we haven't won trophies but you know uh, the reason why i love this club is uh the trophy trophies on the reason for that uh you know we we have the same number of fans as uh, the other top teams like uh, mumbai and chennai but um and that's without the trophies uh you know in sports there's this um, crazy uh you know linear uh diagram which is the more you win the more fans you get but you know we already have that many fans in spite of the trophies so i feel like uh you, you know that 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 is something um the brand of cricket that they play um isn't conventional um you know it's always been um aggressive and you know something unique you know i could talk about um, you know chris gales 175 not out which is unprecedented in the history of um, t20 uh, 
or or about you can go on and on about rcb but uh, no matter how much we love rcb we've always i mean out of all the teams i guess rcb fandom is like the most you know highest number or you know the it's most supporters of rcb you can say yeah, yeah no like, matter how much we fail like we still we still know, support there is still hope that you know our yeah. team you know is better yeah, yeah if you're like, an rcb Every supporter, you you know what optimism is. You know, every yeah. every year we we come up with one statement that is Isala Cup Namde. No matter we win it, we don't win it, doesn't matter. But RCB represents the epitome of optimism. Absolutely. So you know, RCB has taught me a great lesson in optimism. Got to say that. Um, but you know, the point the point I'm trying to make is that uh, the brand of cricket that Uh, they play is you know certainly um, I wouldn't say outrageous but aggressive that you don't um, see in other um, cricket clubs you know Chennai and Mumbai they they just stick to the basics which is uh, I mean Chennai the brand of cricket that Chennai play is just nothing it's just Dhoni brand of cricket just get eleven players Dhoni will get the best out of them and that's simple so uh, that's about Chennai and Mumbai is uh, you know they they're really good at um, Scouting Indian talent, and you know that's what playing some enemies, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, you, when, when you say you're an RCB fan, you make automatic enemies, and you get those trolls anyway, so it's fine. Uh, that is yeah. a downside of fandoms. That yeah. there is a lot of fights, rivalry, the, rivalry between fandoms. It's yeah, it's rivalry between clubs. It's not exactly like oh, I don't, I don't like you and all, but I, but yeah, I mean, a certain amount of healthy rivalry is always good. Shouldn't be yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know it's crazy. Um, the, I mean, IPL was started, you know, for entertainment of people the twenty hours, and I guess there's no other team other than RCB which provides the most entertainment for you know all its fans and not only its fans, even the rivals. And correct. And how can I not talk about um, one thing that has defined RCB over the past um, decade, which is. Um, in if you're a cricket fan, uh, you know you always have a dream that uh, when can I see uh, the best players and playing in a team together? And we've got that for the past decade in the form of Kohli and A.B. De Villiers. Um, and knowing exactly. that the best duo, definitely the best duo. And then knowing that they play for the same jersey as you, which is you know the red jersey. And you know there's something about the red jersey throughout. Um, you know. Um, Global sports, be it um, Liverpool and United in 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 England, or you know, be Ferrari in in the world of motorsport. Um, so you know, red teams have always had the best fan base. Um, so yeah, uh, we could talk about um, something else now. Um, so yeah, uh, we could we could talk about um, you know football now, Archer. Yeah, um, sure, Palov. So my favorite. Football club in this world is Manchester United. I'm a huge Manchester United fan. Mm. I've been following football since I was in eighth grade, and the one of the first teams that I actually saw play a proper football game was Manchester United. Mm. And uh, I my curiosity grew from there, and I went on the internet, researched about Manchester United, saw some of their clips, some of the players who played for Manchester United. and you could see the whole legacy of the club 
mm. it was incredible to me and i was a fan immediately and mm. uh, man united is is a team that i've stuck through all thick and thin um it's a, it's a fantastic club it's regarded as one of the best clubs in this world and i follow united everywhere mm. i love united so much and um the thing about united as a club is uh, is recently they've they've not been performing that great so you know during these tough times is when you you kind of learn a life lesson that when you when you really love something you stick through all thin and thick so that's that's one thing that i've learned about i mean that i've learned in life through football and uh, i am i am i do play football as well so mm-hmm. you know it's great to see when a club like manchester united hosts some of the best players in the world for example right now they signed cristiano ronaldo who i regard mm-hmm. is the best player of all time yeah. it's a controversial statement but it is what it is i feel like uh... the thing with united is that uh, you know as uh, like it became it sort of coincided um, with the um, with you know viewership of football in india as well like uh, you know we started watching football when uh, you know so alex ferguson was at the helm and you know what he did with the club is of course you know very um, legendary and uh, because you know uh, when the team does well you naturally gain um, a lot of followers right so i feel like you know that that era of alex ferguson was combined with um, the growth in india was you know has given rise to such a massive fan base um, correct harsha i agree or uh, not only really that like for example uh, one of the current manchester united players uh, called marcus rashford right he was recently awarded an mbe from the united kingdom government he's done some fantastic work and through football he's he's gained a lot of popularity for um hunger right i mean mm-hmm. in a sense there uk has a huge problem where a lot of people don't get food mm-hmm. and he's he's been able to solve this problem through football and it's it's a huge deal apart from just being a sport and 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 being a form of entertainment it's also becoming something that influences Uh, the neighborhoods where the clubs are located right mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge thing for for a local lad to be representing his local football club and to be impacting the world in such a great way i mean it's fantastic mm-hmm. and this is possible only through having such a big fan base all over the world mm-hmm. no other club i think has such a big fan base yeah, absolutely it doesn't matter if the club is performing or not if if it doesn't matter if we're on top of the table or we're at the bottom it doesn't matter manchester united will always have its fans and manchester united will always be supported by and loved by the people mm. yeah uh, all right so you know that was great about manchester united so uh, you know personally uh, you know I admire manchester united a lot uh, but personally i'm a big fan of chelsea you know there's something about london that i really like over manchester uh probably because you know of our british past but you know london as a city i feel like it's um i i sort of like it you know it's got some iconic locations which i really want to see some day you know they've got um you know wembley arena which is like the home of some of the great concerts it's got wimbledon um which is you know the home of tennis 
then it has lords which is the home of cricket so i feel like if i was to support a football club you know it would be around um, it would be based on london so you know i i really like you know chelsea and the brand of football that they play and you know quite rightfully so they are um, the pride of london um, so you know moving on um, we re, uh, there was a crazy f1 season um, last year so uh, you know we could talk about that so harsha what are um, your views on uh, which fandom or which team do you support in f1 i'm a huge mercedes fan um yeah it's uh, everyone's going to be like yeah glory whatever but yeah i'm a huge mercedes fan i am a mercedes fan because i'm a huge uh, fan of lewis hamilton lewis hamilton as a person is an extraordinary human being mm. he has he's not only in the f1 field but also he's in the fashion industry he's he's doing a lot of charities and you know as a human being he is he's the utmost professional athlete or or a sports person i've ever seen right uh, the best example of that was after the final race in abu dhabi at, at the season end last uh, last season it was fantastic it, it was in so many ways it was not in his favor but still after the race he was yeah. so he was so sportive he went and congratulated max after the race you know it, it's it's so good to be seeing such people um exist and it's such a great example for the newer generations right it's it's important to be successful but also enjoy pe- other people's success right mm-hmm. and louis uh, hamilton has shown that in the most professional way possible yeah i feel like and, yeah i feel like about the last race in yeah it is a controversial topic it is a controversial topic you couldn't you can't really you know say who was right here it is not the teams but it's actually you could you know blame fia for that uh, yeah. so in my opinion it is not like you know it was unfair to hamilton or it was unfair to max. you know max in a yeah that's all yeah i feel like you know lewis obviously is you know statistically the greatest of all time but you know i feel like he's an even better person than he is an f1 driver and you know that's saying something because uh, you know coming coming from um, you know non um, you know a poor background um, and you know making it to a sport that is so so finance and money intensive and the struggles that you know he had to go through uh, you know to make it big in karting at young age then you know to grow up and you know not just be another formula 1 driver but to be the greatest of all time uh, and you know he does a lot of um, you know activism also around um, uh, racism and other issues around the world so uh, you know he's absolutely an icon yeah i agree lewis hamilton is an example right he's he set set the bar so high it's 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 tough for few of the athletes or sportsmen to stay at that level um mm-hmm. f1 as a sport is is considered as a rich man sport right mm. niche it's very niche yes yes and recently after uh, this series on netflix called drive to survive came out the huge fan base of f1 grew exponentially if if you have watched drive to survive there is no 
way that you can hate f1 you know the whole intensity the drama everything that goes in the back end of a simple race is yeah. so extraordinary and so much of hard work it's 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 a combined effort of i'd say thousands and thousands of people so much of science where every little thing about the f1 car is calibrated and well thought of and designed mm. to perform at the highest level possible so mm. f1 is not just a racing sport but is is a complete package yeah also also when we're talking about f1 you know sure you know there are other teams like mclaren aston martin that you know have a lot of fan base as well but you know we cannot not talk about f1 and not we cannot talk about f1 and not talk about um, you know ferrari that that team itself is like a you know brainchild of its founder enzo ferrari uh, you know and that whole team can be summed up um, by this one statement by uh, enzo ferrari which is okay the the statement is uh, aerodynamics are for the poor but engines is what wins your championship so i feel like uh, that whole um, philosophy is what drives uh, ferrari and you know it has you know the biggest uh, fan base in f1 i mean so, yeah. they stuck in that like with that philosophy in the current situation is i don't think is the right thing right now okay because you know <laughs> you know how many changes every year there have been in f1 and you know engines are not only the ones that you know can win your races yeah and mercedes is the perfect example of that right yeah i mean they have so done so much you know technological uh, advancements in like from the mercedes team itself so, and, and you know made there are there were many situations where you know three other teams uh, tried to copy them or you know try to you know cancel those advancements uh, so that because they are not able to you know reach that level and all Mm. so there is a lot of you know mm. i feel in my okay. view continue in my view uh, ferrari shows that just because you come with a legacy of having some of the best drivers f1 has ever seen does not guarantee you success in the present i could say about that with ferrari and manchester united right because they they show us that being stuck at with certain statements right is not going to lead you to any sort of progress you got to make uh, efforts in every end possible and mercedes has done that to the best extent possible and that's why if you look at the past 9 years in f1 eight championships belong to mercedes right mm, yeah and that is that is a statement in itself the there there is a saying that um winners don't come because of high performance but it's because of consistency and mercedes has been super consistent over the years yeah. and that's where ferrari has lacked they have had few excellent seasons really great races really great drivers in the past few years but they don't exactly showcase the result that they expect yeah fair um so yeah i think we can you know cover yeah. one more uh, you know random before we can close um this episode so piyush what do you want to talk let's talk about uh, video games e-sports yeah sure video games also have huge fan bases like call of duty battlefield uh counter strike such a massive and lately valorant league of legends halo 
So yes. yeah, there's a lot of uh, fan bases. But yeah, lately what's brought us all together in the lockdown mm-hmm. and uh, in recent times is Valorant. Yeah. I mean, that was the game which released during like in the pandemic. It released in July of 2020, yeah. I think. Yeah, around June 2020 or something. Right? Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, started trying it out and how new experience is it compared to the, you know, Counter-Strike and all the other games. So, and I guess we all together started playing it from that time with the Venet release. I actually tried it during the beta stage, but uh, me coming from like really good looking graphics in Call of Duty felt Valorant very plasticky and kiddish because of its art design. But then lately, I've played Valorant so much, it's become like normal for me mm. to see uh, Valorant's art. And oh my God, how much Valorant has uh, improved and the fan base has grown and the fan arts. And it's like, it's become a big community now in such a short time. And really hoping for a Valorant uh, Netflix show. <laughs> Please make it happen. Like why, why not a why not a Valorant cinematic universe? <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> I mean, I guess they still have to introduce a lot of characters before doing that. I guess they. I feel like they have enough characters. You know, I think they, they're just waiting for Disney to acquire you know Valorant um, <laughs> exactly. on the side, and that'll be great. You know, we could have a section on Disney Plus, like you know Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and now Valorant. It'll be great. Exactly. Uh, and we also enjoyed it a lot while playing the game. I guess we had so many fun times, few irritating times, or you know, uh, stressful, rageful times, lot of rage moments. <laughs> yes, so especially especially when uh, the person to your left plays. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's all fun and nice. Valorant has brought us all together as a group. Um, we've all started hanging out in the name of Valorant every day, which is fun. And also, you know, um, it, it, it's sort of like a group activity where all of us have to like communicate in a right way and also, uh, also showcase our skills, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's helped us uh, in team building yeah. and also in communication. And sometimes we just... Talk about random stuff and have fun while playing. We don't even play the game. Yeah, you know, some... We'll just be yeah. running around in game talking about stuff, making fun of each other. Yeah. And remember those random matchmaking where, you know, we start talking in team chat and... We, exactly, and the arguments with the enemy team. Enemy team in the comments. Yeah, I feel like, you know, that's... It's kind of become like a routine for us nowadays. Every day, we actually play every day. And you, full of reminders every day. Exactly. Our captain, our leader, Pallav. There was a time when Pallav didn't want to play Valorant because uh, he thought it was too stressful and hectic. And he was scared of Vishnu. And he was scared of Vishnu. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, for the the folks who don't know, Vishnu is like this really legend uh, when it comes to shooting games. Uh, So, uh, and he's, you know, he's been on the episode a few times. So, uh, you know, uh, to talk about the captain aspect that you said, uh, I feel like uh, the character that I played usually is, is called Brimstone and 
um, he's sort of been like the leader of the group and I feel like, you know, that that's sort of my, um, you know, role in, in our common WhatsApp group as well. So it's really nice uh, to, you know, share that and um, learn some of Primstone's qualities. So. Exactly. This is a classic example of us trying to portray our uh, virtual character in real mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Try to learn their good points, improve on their bad points. Yeah. All right. Um, so any, anything else to add, Piyush? I forgot to say one thing when we were talking about Harry Potter, but um, I regard, according to me, Harry Potter is the best book adaptation that has ever been done. It's a proper, I'm only talking about the Harry Potter movies, the eight Harry Potter movies. So that's the best book adaptation. I know there'll be a lot of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien fans, which who won't agree with me, but it's just my opinion that Harry Potter is the best book adaptation in movies. Sure. Um, and Jant, anything else to add? No, I guess it pretty much. Yeah, I guess this pretty much sums it up. And you know, I really had fun today talking about all the you know different fandoms and mm. all our different views on different movies and mm. universes. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a great time. I love talking to all of you. It's, it's always been a pleasure hanging out with you all. And I had a great time talking today, Paolo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was great having you all. Um, all right, then we'll wrap up this episode. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I shall see you guys in the next one.